Thanks for joining us on FjordsCast. I'm Tim Barsons, founder of the web and mobile development team Fjord. And today in our show, we are talking with Josh Broughton about his brand analytics agency, Brandish Insights. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about Brandish Insights? Yeah, absolutely. We are the world's first brand analytics platform, and we ask real consumers about what they think about your brand and roll them up into very convenient and easy to understand dashboards. We're kind of like Google Analytics for your brand. And you're a co-founder of the group, right? That's right. Yep. I've got a technical co-founder and I'm basically wearing the sales marketing and product hats. Okay, cool. So how did you come to found Brandish Insights? Well, I've been a longtime lover of both analytics and the brand sides of marketing. And so I got to see that there were a lot of different ways to measure many different things about marketing, but nothing on the brand side. And as consumer platform, survey platforms and other market research platforms have made it easier to kind of do that sort of thing at scale, we, we saw there was a unique opportunity to be the world's first brand analytics platform. And your platform, um, what is it a dashboard for your brand? Is that kind of the, the idea? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we're introducing new metrics like awareness, frequency, familiarity, demand, purchase intent, things that you might have done at an ad by ad level back in the day. Uh, that, But we're doing that kind of across the whole board at a brand level in this new modern age. Very cool. Um, before we get too much into the platform, I want to first talk a little bit about Josh. Um, I'm curious, what about your background qualified you to to build a, 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 a brand analytics platform? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So I, I have kind of a, a hodgepodge background that I like to think comes together pretty nicely after a while. So I started off as a revenue cycle consultant, kind of the Accenture type agencies that would go in and like look at how processes were done at, at hospitals and make sure that they could get paid by insurance companies and keep their doors open, things like that. So really uh, process-oriented, finance-oriented, that type of thing. And uh, left that after a couple years, enjoyed it. But then I got into IT and got an understanding for how things were built and how processes flowed and things like that. And then finally landed in marketing. And I've just gone deep there over the last 10 years, really enjoyed it. And I guess across that journey saw that some of the things that we try to affect in our businesses are harder than others because we can't measure them as easily as other things. And I think brand is a huge, huge, huge asset that a lot of folks can't measure effectively. And when they can, or if they can, then it can help them move much more quickly as a company and create much more value for their customers and grow all those good things. What is it about, um, about about brand analytics that makes you get out of bed every morning? I think one of the biggest things is that marketing has slowly become responsible for more and more within the organization. About 10 years ago, there was the whole CIO, CMO wars. Many say that the CMOs won that. About five years ago, CX, customer experience, was, was this term that came about to allow marketing to be more responsible with customer experience and operations and and product. And, and now it's like, well, 
there's finance has the purse strings. There's a bunch of folks that we serve in the organization, but ultimately people are coming to marketing and saying, please help us transform digitally. Please help us do this. And, um, and marketers needed help, right? And so that's where I think it's worth getting out of bed and helping them with new tools. What is it about uh, marketing that has made them, um, uh, I guess, a central, um, a central or key part of the organization? Uh, what, what, what has caused that shift? It's, it's this democratization of information. It's the social kind of wave that has made consumers more empowered and makes the difference between market leaders and old trends overnight, whereas those trends used to take years and years and years to unfold. And once you had a, a market kind of cornered, it was very unlikely that you would lose that share to a competitor. Sure. So the the transformation uh, market wide has led to the necessity of increased marketing effort. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. If if you're not sitting there with your ear to the ground every day on how the winds might be changing, then you'll get behind very quickly and get out of touch with your consumers, and they're going to move on because they have a infinitesimally or a very very small attention span these days. Totally. Um, what what size brand is a good fit for a, a brand analytics platform? It all starts with awareness. And I think if you're not even on the, the radar in a particular market as a, as a consumer brand, then you're probably, I don't know, you probably have to be somewhere between 50 and 100 person company or a really big presence within a, within a market to... Um, to start moving that needle. I'd say between five and 10% awareness is usually when brands start to benefit from other things like knowing what purchase intent and preference are and things like that. Got it, very cool. Um, so if I log into my brand analytics platform, what does it look like? Well, it looks like your life is a lot easier. That's that's the first thing that you'll notice uh, because you'll have new key performance indicators. Uh, you'll first have something that looks a little bit like Google Analytics. It's reminiscent of that, but it's it's very polished. It's very easy to understand and intuitive. Our goal is to make it that these new in, these new metrics are number one easy to understand, um, so that if we tell you that awareness is really high you understand what to do with that. And if, uh, and then the other thing is that we want it to be very easy to understand so that if you're sitting there in a room with a CEO and you're sitting there in a room with somebody in customer support that you can point very innocently at, hey, awareness is really high, but favorability of our product is very, very low. So maybe we shouldn't be putting more money into advertising. Maybe we should be putting more money into you know customer support or helping our product. and then the CEO can make much easier decisions about how to how to move the money around internally and um, and kind of you know win the game so to speak. If I log into you mentioned Google Analytics, if I log into Google Analytics, I can get a day to day view of how my my digital property is performing. Um, yep. On the brand analytics side, um, what is the what is the timeline where information becomes relevant? Yeah, so websites move very very quickly. Brands move oftentimes much, much more slowly. And so unless there's some sort of big public media event where somebody puts their foot in their mouth, brands typically change closer to a month by month or a quarter by quarter basis. And so that's typically where we recommend taking our snapshots is at that level. Got it. So month to month, maybe quarter to quarter even. 
Yeah, and the goal is not necessarily to pull up your dashboards just to see what happened overnight. It's more to understand where you're at, put a plan together to affect that. So not just at a campaign level, but if your entire customer service area is in need of help, you're going to need a month or a quarter to fix that. And then once those things are in place, then come back and take another snapshot. Oftentimes it's a month, sometimes a quarter. And um, yeah, so a little bit longer than your day-to-day or real-time, which is where the trend is going in a lot of cases with analytics. So I'm always curious when I think about how to apply something, I like to know how it works. Um, What are some key data points in brand analytics? Yeah, so we we think that ultimately it's about spanning the gap between the consumer's emotions and their pocketbook. And so that's why we've created this six metric kind of, uh, you know, line that spans the gap between those two points. And so with awareness, frequency, familiarity, favorability, preference and demand, we can kind of dig into each one of those and show you how you're progressing across that journey, right? So at first, nobody knows about you, so you need awareness and frequency. Then once your name starts getting out there, you need to have you know, a clear message so that familiarity increases and favorability increases. And then finally, when it comes time to purchase, you want to have people, you know, prefer your brand and then actually demand your brand by taking their wallets out and and purchasing from your brand. And so looking at those three main phases of just kind of like understanding who you are or knowing who you are, understanding who you are, and then deciding to purchase from you, that's kind of some of the main value that people get from looking at things with, with brand measurement in mind. So you then take each of those three knowing, understanding, and purchasing and break them down into um, more fundamental things which can be tracked? Yeah, absolutely. And, and beyond that, we have some other helper reports. For example, we show folks how awareness is trending not only for their brand, but for their competitors too. So we were just dealing with a really well-known restaurant delivery service, and we determined that their brand was the number one brand in a market in terms of awareness. And they were also by far the number one brand in terms of preference. And so we said, hey, for the next quarter, why don't you push the message? You know, you're the market leader, so you can push the, the category message of restaurant delivery. Why don't you say, you know, re- you know, we are the number one preferred restaurant delivery service, you know, in this market. And that can be your tagline because you can push a preferred, uh, a prefer, uh, preference message and, uh, and, then, and then push the cat- at a category level. So just really tactical and and strategic things coming together with these metrics at uh, supporting them. Sure. Um, so let's get into the Brandish Insights um, platform. Um, yeah. What is it about your platform that sets you apart? So nothing like this exists yet. You know, there's there's a lot of proxies. There's you know sentiment analysis in social media. There's you know, new tools that can show brand awareness and purchase intent lift on an ad by ad basis. Like Google came out with something like that about six months ago. Facebook announced something like this about two weeks ago. But as far as at a brand level, your entire brand, I'm really not sure of any option other than spending a bunch of money with Nielsen or one of those big brand uh, market research companies that, that will cost you you know, tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars, there's nothing for medium-sized brands. There's nothing for larger, small businesses, for 
not you know there's nothing that exists for them to get that same benefit right now got it um I heard you say that you know nothing nothing like this exists yet. Um, how does it feel as an entrepreneur to be kind of creating or pioneering a category, especially from the tech side? It is both exciting and terrifying because I hear half the people I tell say, this is brand new, this is so exciting. And another half of people say, this is brand new, maybe not it. And so there I just have to feedback that I'm getting, this feeling in my gut, you know, reading things on Adweek and other advertising and branding publication, you know, trade pubs that I guess validate that we're onto the right thing. Yeah, you have to you have to make sure that there's a need, or I mean, you're, I'm sure you're always sensitive to is there a need for for what I'm providing? Yeah, absolutely. And earlier this year, I don't know that I would have been so confident or been on a podcast, but we had a really successful alpha phase and about a month ago i actually left my full-time job to really pursue brandish insights because of the feedback that we've been getting about what we've done with the product so far and 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 how the tool has helped our alpha customers just completely change the way that marketing is seen and what they can do within companies it's it's been very encouraging did you say there are companies uh launching competitive products i don't know of very many there's there's a couple companies that are in the same vein but i think they're still quite a bit different for example there was a company that nielsen purchased about i don't know 10 years ago now called visu i think they're now digital brand effect they did something similar they have a similar methodology for what we do um, but it's but it's different enough and they're also <laughs> a fair bit amount more expensive than what we are because they're Nielsen, right? That's that's uh, totally. They could totally charge that. Yep. Um, you mentioned that uh, brands move, you know, tend to move very slowly. Um, I think that might be the nature of what a brand is. But I'm wondering what things can you do to increase the velocity of a brand? Yeah, that's where I think there's two paths, right? There's the good path and the bad path. First of all, let's talk about and acknowledge the bad path. This is where brands overreach. Maybe they do things that, um, maybe they show their ads show up in highly contentious or what they would call brand unsafe, you know, advertising scenarios. Um, uh, maybe, maybe they try to take advantage of a, an event in in the in the mainstream you know consciousness that is uh, maybe a tragedy and they do it in a way that um, you know well actually these days consumers are pretty wary of anybody latching on to any sort of you know tragedy whether it's even to say condolences or not so um, you know that's the bad path and then the good path I think is really understanding number one what your brand is who it's for and looking for ways to amplify that connection with your consumers in in authentic ways got it the first the first approach it almost sounds like you're saying you're you, you have to be you're willing to take on brand risk with the hope of of stepping on the gas and the second one you're saying if you're true to who your core is who your target is um focus your energy that way that it will it will kind of happen naturally yeah, I think so. I think that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, I think, you know, because it comes from the, the same thing, right? Like whether you're trying to take advantage of something that's happening like in the moment or 
you know, whether you're just trying to prove that same thing about yourself over time to your consumers, it stems from the same values, I think, hopefully. Totally. Um, can I use your, your platform to measure brand lift? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of our first use cases because most brands, when we when we measure them for the first time, it's just awareness. You know, all, there's been such a push, especially in the di- digital advertising space, that if it's not converting at three to one, you know, in terms of lifetime value to cost of acquisition, then it's worthless advertising. And so you have so many brands that are looking to put $50,000 into a content initiative. You know, they saw what Red Bull did by dropping a man out of space and want to do something like that. But the gap between, you know, an experiment and a spaceship is, <laughs> that's a lot of budget, right? Yeah, so definitely. Yeah, so so needing to justify budget for some of these bigger moonshot brand awareness ideas, we're desperate for that right now because we live in a direct response world and everybody's desperately trying to figure out a, a different measurement model to, to give us the permission to really just honor our customers and give them amazing experiences that cost a lot of money. Uh, but I'd rather have that on building an asset for my company than dumping it into advertise month after month, you know? Yeah. Are there any other metrics that um, brand measurement professionals should be aware of? Yeah, I've mentioned the KPIs uh, uh, throughout the the podcast a little bit here, but it's awareness, frequency, familiarity, favorability, preference, and demand. And I think those are like the KPIs that will become commonplace five years from now. You know, back in the early 2000s, everybody was looking at a website and saying, how many hits do you get, right? And then folks like Urchin came along and said, well, it's not a hit. Let's let's measure it a different way and call it a session. And then if you have so many visits per session, you know the conversion rate. And that was how Google Analytics was born and the whole you know digital marketing revolution was born with the ability to kind of summarize things and, and tie kind of disparate things into a metric and then watch that trend. And so I think those six that I mentioned are probably going to become five that we all embrace. You see a lot of... Um analytics advanced analytics in, in sports these days um can you can you compare what you guys are doing to what's going on in in the sports world i don't know if you have a favorite sport um i do have a favorite sport it is football and i like the vikings until they start losing every year <laughs> and then i kind of tune out so i think we might be at that point yep oh sad but um you know i think what i see in the whole sports marketing world is this idea of machine learning right it's started with the Moneyball movie a couple years ago about looking at all the stats and then letting machines crunch and stat, you know, math people crunch all of that and then investing in what the models tell you to invest in. And right. I think we're looking at some of the same things, you know, the the different brand metrics, they have unique permutations. A brand with high awareness and low favorability, they're kind of, you know, kind of like a player brand where it's like people know who you are and they don't like you, so you you just shouldn't spend any money in advertising until you figure out. We don't need to name any on. name any player names there, but I think I think no, we, we might won't. know that. Yeah. yeah, I mean there are, and there are plenty out there too that it's not marketing's fault. It's just not. And yeah. if they would just put money, like big chunks of money that they're already dumping into advertising already, if they put that someplace else, they would be the market leader overnight almost or over a quarter's period if they if they really you know cleaned up their act but um the best brands already know this so they don't they <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna use our tools and be like oh this is cool this is this put 
words to what we've always always known, really. Definitely. Do you see any um, trends among mid-sized brands as to where which, which of the KPIs they have the most opportunity in? Yeah, it's absolutely in the awareness and the familiarity areas. Um, most startups and new companies, they number one are afraid to spend money on awareness because it doesn't it doesn't pay off right away. And that and I and I think that's fair. Like you do need to have a good converting funnel, so to speak. If you send people to your website, it should be worth it over time. Like people should buy from you. So focus on that. But then then quickly go out into that awareness space. The other is familiarity. This is an area where, you know, if people had money, they would invest in working with a Madison Avenue creative agency right away. They would get one tagline, they would get one, you know, value prop, and they would use that everywhere, and you would be the next Coca-Cola, right? Because everybody knows, you know, what Coca-Cola is because they're very consistent with what they do. Most startups don't have that. So you put a landing page together, you put a website together, you know, most small brands or medium brands have that too, where you've got a million things at, in market and familiarity can get really low because people don't really know what you do over time. Very true. Um, let's get into some real world examples. So we have a couple news stories today. Our first, um, I guess both are from, from your blog, but the first is um, titled Branding Royalty Fires More Shots at Facebook and Google. Um, yeah. Josh, what is your take on the Procter & Gamble ultimatum that you're talking about in this article? Yeah, so so this one's on my blog, but really I'm just doing a response to an Adweek piece by a woman named Lauren Johnson. And she's been following this fight that Procter & Gamble, Unilever, and other brands have been having with Google and Facebook since back in Q1. And, and really, their ads start showing up on Breitbart and other, you know, alt-right and websites that they just didn't want them to be on. Consumers backlashed, and so they pulled their money. Um, the reality is, is everybody kind of lost, you know? The CPG brands and the retail brands that pulled back, they lost. Google and Facebook lost because they lost advertising revenue. And so finally, you know, Q2, it seems like they're kind of making up a little bit, and um, but they're still kind of some things that these big CMOs are holding over Google and Facebook's heads to to solve. And some of it's a bit unfair, fairly too, because I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, our advertising platforms are going to solve all the problems that, you know, Mark Pritchard and Keith Weed and others are, are describing. What do you think we need to do to get, um, to get platforms and to get advertisers back on the same page? I think part of it is just acknowledging how much advertising platforms can really do. I mean, if you look at how much time most people invest in advertising, it's as if those are the, that's the part of the brand that consumers engage with most. And in reality, that's just not the case, right? Like consumers in this day and age have developed so many different ways to get out of advertising that I think these bigger brands are, are putting way too much pressure on the ad platforms to measure the efficacy of, of their entire business practices, right? So that's where I think number one is just acknowledging ad platforms can't do everything. And especially in the areas of measurement, I think we need to start looking at ways to, to measure not just ad by ad or page by page, but you know all of the collective efforts of our brand in a month or a quarter how did that do right do people like us do people care about us do they want to do business with us let's start answering those questions at a broader level before we have another conversation about multi-click attribution or media mix models 
Nobody Definitely. Understand, nobody yep. understands those anyways, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, our second article today, also by Josh, titled, uh, Should Marketers Be Freaking Out About These Brand Measurement Trends? Can you call <laughs> out the trends you listed in the article? Yeah, so I think part of it is is the, the idea that we have a lot more of these abilities to measure consumer reactions and insights, right? So some of the trends that I'm looking at are, are associated with softwares like usertesting.com or AYTM.com, which stands for Ask Your Target Market, or even really uh, esoteric usability tools like Optimal Workshop, where you can do things like card sorting exercises with real live humans to help you build the perfect website navigation, things like that. Um, these trends are all in support of marketers who want to develop the perfect consumer journey and until recently haven't had any support right it's all all the money's in advertising and or it has been traditionally and so you know you've got a million different ad tech platforms out there you got a million different you know advertising solutions that were born on the backs of ad platforms like google analytics was only turned into google analytics because of google adwords right and um but now you've got all these cool one-off and increasingly great tools that help people measure things at a broader level than just advertising. Right, totally. Um, I, I, I'm curious, a lot of the, the tools that you called out um, are about getting information. Is, is quality information the, the, the marketers, I guess, holy grail? Um, is that what they need to, to create a better customer experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, think about if you've ever, have you, are you a follower of like Mad Men? Have you seen that Definitely. series? Yep. Okay. Right. So a lot of us have, and even those of us haven't, like everybody pictures that classic moment where there's one advertiser or marketer just pitching this scene. It's like Sally goes home every dinner or every day and, you know, goes to the fridge and unlocks, you know, a, a Coca-Cola or, you know, takes a Coca-Cola out and enjoys it. And this is Sally's special moment or whatever, right? Like that's some ad campaign pitch. And it's based on this single insight about how people love a certain brand, right? And so I think we're desperate for those insights because those are the, the things that great brands are built on. Like these moments that, that we have with our consumers and, and what we mean to them in those moments, like that's that's what this is all about, really. Right, totally. And we're out of time. So that's it for today on Fjordcast. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Josh. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You can find Brandish Insights at brandishinsights.com. You can also text Brandish to 44222 um, for 24-7 free brand awareness strategies. Thank you to the listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of the program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash fjordcast or subscribing to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud.